I'm Leanne Spencer, founder of Body Shop Performance Limited, best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and your host. This is the Remove the Guesswork podcast, the show where I interview influential people in the health, fitness, and well-being space to bring you the latest ideas on how to optimize your mind, body, and well-being. The show is brought to you by my company, Body Shop Performance. We create total solutions to optimize your health by focusing on sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. We work with busy professionals on a one-to-one basis for six or 12 months using the latest science and technology. And Body Shop also work with businesses who want to create a culture of energy, vitality and performance and position well-being as a competitive advantage. Find out more at bodyshopperformance.com and enjoy the show. Hi, it's Leanne Spencer. I'm the host of the Remove the Guesswork podcast. Thanks for tuning into our Insights episode. So if you're new to the show, this is a short 10 minutes or less episode that I do. Little insight I've had, a thought I've had, response to some research, response to a question we've had on social media. And this is, in fact, response to an article which highlighted the fact that people in the countryside actually end up taking less exercise or do less steps than people who live in cities. I happened to read this article while I was in the countryside. I was down in Winterbourne Stickland, which is in Dorset. I was looking after my mum's dog and I've got a dog as well. In fact, she is slinking up the stairs as I record this. So I might have to hit the pause button and escort her out before she starts tearing up the bedding and doing various other things that a two-year-old overgrown puppy does. Anyway, down in Dorset, looking after my mum's dog and, and my own dog. And we were going out for five, six, seven, or even eight mile hikes during the day. But then we were coming home and being relatively sedentary. We were also driving everywhere because it's a relatively rural place and you you don't have to drive. There are walks we can do from home, but we branched out a little bit. And I noticed that my step count was, it was where I wanted it to be, between 10 and 15,000 steps, but not as high as you'd think for, in some cases, eight mile hike. And it really drove home, you know, I do... 12 to 15,000 steps in a pretty average day when I'm here in London. And that's either walking in from the train station to a meeting in the city, or it's heading up the road, or it's dog walking, which I do every day, a very slow, moochy kind of walk, but it's a lovely walk to start the day with. Very low intensity, you know, it's all about Cammy the dog, not me. So we'll be stopping and starting and And then I'm walking down to the office and from the office down to the cafe and back up the stairs again, back up two flights of stairs. You know, it's, I'm doing lots of steps and I'm doing, I'm moving in the very much in the way we're designed to do when I'm up here in the city. And and by the way, this isn't an advert for avoiding the countryside. I absolutely love being down there. I love spending time in the countryside. I'm really a countryside girl who's adapted to the city. I've lived in London for 20 years, but when I'm in the city, I'm just moving a lot more in the way that we were designed. So if I take you back to ancestral times when we were cavemen or cave women, we were, or a typical day would look like this. We'd wake up because natural light would trigger us to wake. Lots of cortisol because we want to get ready for the day and whatever that challenge, challenge the day may bring. Lots of serotonin, so we want to feel good about the day at the outset. And we would get up and start moving around. So probably the first thing that they would do is look outside the cave, look left, look right, look on the horizon. Is there anything there that's a threat, anything there that's potential meal? And we can go out and hunt. Depending on the answer to that question, they've been foraging, scurrying, sharpening instruments, squatting, walking, picking berries, hunting. So frenetic high intensity bursts of activity, being hunted possibly, walking from camp to camp. They'd have been doing lots and lots of, of low level exercise or low level activity, really. It's not even exercise. 
And that's what I think country folk do less of because it's rural, you're in more rural environments. Therefore, you're driving to locations and then you're doing your movement and then getting in the car. And I definitely noticed that last week while I was down in Dorset. Whereas up here, I'm mimicking more of that ancestral movement pattern because I'm constantly sort of on the move, not constantly necessarily if it's an office day, but much more so than when I was down in in Dorset. And it really got me thinking about how much of a concentrated effort we have to make now to move more. And it, it really does require some focus and some effort. City dwellers possibly have it easier because of the commuting nature of our, you know, a lot of us don't have cars or we certainly won't drive into work. We'll be getting public transport. But even so, I've noticed on days where I'm, maybe I'm going to one client site for the whole day, for example. So I'm in an office building most of the day. It is a struggle to do more than five or 8,000 steps. And I'm not massively hung up on steps, but it is a good indicator of how much you've moved. But the other key thing, which is the real insight I'm trying to offer you here, is it isn't just about the number of steps you've done or how much exercise you've done. It's how well distributed it's been across the day. Now, I've mentioned this before on podcasts, but the person who is who exercises intensely for maybe one hour a day, no matter which hour of that day it is, morning, midday, afternoon, evening, is only actually 4% less sedentary than the person that's not done any exercise at all for an hour. And that's just simple maths. One hour into 24 as a percentage is expressed as 4%. So, you know, it's cutesy, but it does highlight the fact that you are not that much less sedentary. You'll get the benefits of that exercise hour. Sure, you know, you'll feel good. You'll generate lots of feel-good hormones, some dopamine, maybe a bit of oxytocin, serotonin, definitely endorphins. You will have moved your body. You'll have got your heart rate up. You'll have got fresh oxygenated blood to all the limbs and the extremities and the brain. Some neurogenesis as a result of that. So the creation of new brain cells. You would have got lots of benefits, but you won't really be living in the way that we were designed to if you then spend the rest of your waking day relatively sedentary. Now, there's lots of little hacks that you can do to try and get more movement into your day. I'm going to assume that you're probably office-based, which most people are. So... Standing up is one better alternative to sitting. It's not great. We were designed to locomote and to move in in different planes of movement. We were designed to do that on a low level, but relatively constant basis. So taking rests and breaks, but kind of up and generally mobile. A few things that I do is I have my desk space set up so things aren't conveniently located. I'll stand up for phone calls. I will use my legs as transport wherever I possibly can. I won't be afraid of getting up and going over to get something or getting up every hour or even every 30 minutes and maybe getting a coffee or another water or just moving around the office, jumping up to write something on the whiteboard rather than sitting down for any great length of time. Having a dog is a wonderful thing because she needs to be walked once a day, which is my partner and I split the, the... responsibility so I walk her every morning and as I say that's a really nice slow moochy walk it's it's a lovely way to start the day and in an ideal world that's how we'd all start the day you know lightly moving our bodies not high intensity as I record this uh, it's about nine in the morning and I've already done a spin class over at cycle in Clapham and it's not ideal to do that at 7 30 in the morning you know it's a bit of a fast start for the body uh, even if you have been up for an hour or so But if that's the only time I can fit it in, great. But what I'm not doing is using that as a license to do absolutely nothing for the rest of the day. I'm still going to be doing light level physical activity. So next is a dog walk. Then I'll be back home and I will be getting up and and down from my desk. I'm doing a personal training session later on this afternoon. I'm walking up. You you get the point. I'm, I'm constantly on the move, but not in a really draining, onerous way. And that is the essence of this, really. If you are a country dweller, you're going to need to hack more general movement into your day, potentially. 
because you probably rely more on a car. But we know that city workers aren't necessarily getting enough activity either because you're kind of desk bound. So whomever you are, if you're concerned about the levels of activity you're doing, just start to hack a little bit of activity into the day by standing more, standing and sitting as a squat. It's a compound movement using all the joints of the body. So that's very valuable. If you just get up and down a lot, have uh, walking meetings, go a little bit further to get your lunch, stand up every now and again in a meeting, hold standing meetings if you can dictate whether a meeting is sitting, standing or walking. Deconvenience your desk, get a standing workstation or just a laptop table that you can get on Amazon and that you can put your laptop on top of that and it becomes a standing workstation. There's lots of things you can do to try and hack a bit more movement in. But if you just think about the principles of ancestral movement, think about what we were designed to do. We go back to the times of cave people. And mimicking those patterns, not literally, and I don't want you squatting down and sharpening a, a tool or a spear in the middle of the office, that might get you some looks at best and escorted out of the building at worst, but you take the point. Just, just generally mimicking those kind of movement patterns, that's the kind of movement we were designed to do. And if you do that, you're going to be feeling a lot better about yourself, a lot better physically, a lot better mentally, and probably emotionally and spiritually too, because of those things. You know, movement is incredibly empowering. It's incredibly good for us, makes us feel much better. So take some of those points on board and um, I hope that kind of resonates. And any feedback on this, any questions, let me know drop me an email to leanne at bodyshopperformance.com or feedback via social media if you think anyone else could benefit from listening to this please share the episode it's probably the greatest compliment you can pay us and other than that all the best for now i hope that stuff has resonated and i will speak to you next week as usual thanks thanks for listening interested in finding out what your health iq is jump on our website www.bodyshopperformance.com and click on take the test It'll take you through to a short two to three minute test. And at the end of that, you'll get a scorecard and a free 39 page report based on our six signals, sleep, mental health, energy, body composition, digestion, and fitness. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please think of someone who could really benefit from the content and hit that share button and send it across to them. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you very much for listening.